Welcome to the Modern Homesteading Podcast. We have allowed ourselves to become so disconnected and ignorant about something that is as intimate as the food that we eat. Be prepared to grow your own for victory. God said I need somebody strong enough to clear trees and heave bales, yet gentle enough to yean lambs and wean pigs and tend the pink foamed pullets who will stop his mower for an hour to splint the broken leg of a meadowlark. So God made a farmer. Hello and welcome to the Modern Homesteading Podcast. I'm your host, Harold Thornbro. This is episode 114, February 11th, 2019, and I'm glad you're joining me today. Today we're going to talk about family homesteading. I'm going to be joined by guest Terry Page. We're going to discuss her new book called Family Homesteading. It's the ultimate guide to self-sufficiency for the whole family. And we're really just going to talk about her journey into homesteading and and what that's been like with kids and, and, and for her kids and, and just all about her book. But before we jump into that, let's talk about a few homestead updates. Uh, crazy fluctuating temperatures. We have been down in the, you know, ne- negative degrees up into the sixties, back down into the twenties and teens and just all over the place. Snow and then melting and then rain. And it's just been, it's been a, a different kind of February. It really has already. Um, just the, the temperatures and the weather have just really been all over the place. Generally, we're just, you know, kind of cold, you know, teens, twenties, kind of consistent, you know, daily through February. But boy, this year has been kind of nuts. Um, Oh, something we're dealing with here on the, on the homestead is, uh, ear mites. Well, ear mites in one rabbit. It hasn't spread to the other rabbits. Luckily, he was kind of separated in another cage. He's a buck. And, uh, you know, here's the thing. It kind of got away from me a little bit and it got a little worse than I would have liked. You know, I like to uh, see it get before I would treat something like that. And, um, you know, I feed early in the morning before I go to work and it's dark out. I get home. In the evening and during the winter when I get home, it's still dark. It's starting to get dark out already. So where they're at, it's, you know, I don't have it super well lit and he's kind of in the back corner a little bit. And I just wasn't noticing how bad it was. And I I did kind of notice it about a week ago. I thought I got to get on that. And, and then I decided, you know, a couple days ago to get on it and it was pretty bad. It was just about as bad as I've ever seen ear mites in one of my rabbits. So. I started treating him. I actually separated him. I've actually got him in the greenhouse uh, right now, and he just was kind of miserable. So I got him in there and separated, and, and um, you know he's uh, he's doing better already. I mean, I've been treating him a couple days now, and he looks better. He's getting kind of energetic and waking up a little bit. He was just kind of laying there like, oh man, life life stinks. But he's he's bouncing around and acting like a rabbit now. So he's doing better. I think it's just going to take a couple weeks of treating him to get him past this, but. Yeah, dealing with ear mites is, is, is something, if you're going to raise rabbits, um, it's going to, it's going to be something you're going to have to deal with. And, you know, it's, it's not a real big deal. It's a little gross. It's, it's, you know, it's something that it's just not real, um, fun to deal with. It's just a crusty, you know, parasite that it's in the, uh, the rabbit's ears. And you can deal with it a couple ways. Um, you can use a, an actual uh, medication that you buy at one of the, the, uh, farm stores and and that's pretty good you know and that's actually the route i went with him to start with because it was so bad i thought well i don't really want to play around with the uh the more natural uh methods because he's he's pretty bad and so you get some stuff called rabbit rx it's pretty good you know i've used it before um and you just kind of rub that in the ear and and it, it works really really well 
You can also use a lot of oils like mineral oil or um, a vegetable oil or olive oil, something like that, and put a few drops in there. I actually put a couple drops of a tea tree oil in there, too, and I'll, I will go to that. I'm going to treat him a couple times with the with the uh, Rabbit RX, and then I'll switch over to that just for a more natural treatment, and it works really, really good as well, and, um, and I've totally healed rabbits with that method before. And without using any of the uh, the uh, medication, but um, yeah, he's pretty bad. So I wanted to kind of start off with something a little stronger on him. But the thing is, you have to repeat it for a while, like for like 28 days. Uh, you want to do it a couple times right off the bat, and then go every couple days for a few days. And, and the reason is because there's eggs that are laid in there, and those will hatch. So later, you want to be treating him uh, again. Uh, you know, up to like three three weeks or so, even four weeks in, you know, give him another treatment just to kill anything that might hatch. So, um, yeah, it's kind of a, it's kind of a process and something you got to do, but you know, if you're going, like I said, if you're going to raise rabbits, it's something you're probably going to deal with because it just happens, you know, and luckily it didn't look like it spread to any, any other, um, rabbits. But one of the reasons I, another reason I put him into the greenhouse, you know, it's warmer in there. It's nicer in there. He'll heal a little bit better in there, but I wanted to get his cage cleaned up and just make sure there's nothing in there. He had a little bit of hay in there. I want to clean all that out, clean his feed bowl. Um, and just get everything kind of cleaned up and, and ready for him to go back in there in a few days. Uh, in the meantime. So, uh, just thought I'd share that with you. Two days ago was my grandson's birthday party, and I can't believe he's two years old already. And, uh, you know, we're doing this podcast today on family homesteading. And I, I think, you know, I think a lot about that. You know, my grandkids are here a lot, and uh, we're out in the garden in the summer. We're going to be, you know, I'm going to have them out there a ton working with me. So, you know, I just can't believe how fast he's growing up. I mean, he's two, but he seems like he's like five already to me. But it's also went really fast. You know, he's. He's growing up really quick and, and, you know, I just, it's something I think a lot about the legacy of homesteading and leaving it with my grandchildren. So, um, wow. It was a lot of fun though. And just, you know, happy birthday Maverick. It's uh, watching you grow up. is pretty amazing. Also want to tell you, um, want to add, I'm thinking of adding, I'm going to add if, if, but it's up to you, I guess, uh, wanting to add a new segment to the show again, that's up to you to help me with it. Um, and here's what I'd like to do. If anyone's interested uh, I'd like you to send in audio recordings of some of your favorite homestead recipes. And I would like to add one each week to the podcast. And here's kind of how you might do that. Uh, most cell phones uh, usually have a recording app installed on the phone that you can use. You can just talk into it and it'll save a file. And a, an example format might be, you might just say, this is so-and-so from, and if you have a website or a Facebook page or a homestead name, you can throw that in there. You don't have to, but you can just say, this is so-and-so from so-and-so. And a recipe I would like to share with you today is, and then just give us the recipe. You know, it don't have to be no, you know, exact recipe. You might say, I just put a pinch of this in or whatever, and just, or you can break it down into more of an exact recipe. But I think there's just a lot of great recipes out there that I would just love to share or love to have you share on the podcast. And, um, you know, I'd like you to keep the, the recordings between one and five minutes. It doesn't have to be perfect. The audio doesn't have to be perfect. You don't have to be perfect in the delivery. You guys listen to my podcast. You know, we're not all about perfect delivery here. We're kind of just down to earth and, and conversation style. So just, you know, it don't have to be great. It don't have to be awesome or anything. Um, and when you're done recording and you're satisfied with how it sounds, you just email it to me at sthomestead at gmail.com and I'll, I'll add it to a future episode. I'd like to just add a little variety to the podcast 
and also we'll get a few great recipes to, to share and try. So um, I'd love to have you do that. And also if you do that and you do have a website or a Facebook page for your homestead and you send me that link with your uh, email, I'll add that link to the show notes so it can bring some traffic to whatever you got going on. But I think it'd be a lot of fun, give you guys an opportunity to uh, participate in the show a little bit more. And um, like I said, we'll get some great recipes in. So don't be shy about it. Uh, do it. It's up to you if we add that or not, because it's just something you have to do. And, and if you think somebody else will do it, uh, they won't, <laughs> we'll get a few probably, but you know, it'll end quick if you don't, if you don't do it also. So if you have any idea that you want to do this, please do it. it it'll be a great way for you to contribute to the, uh, the show and, uh, it'll be just a great little addition, I think. So please do that. Let's just jump into our main topic today. And it's an interview with, uh, with guest Terry page. Terry is the creator of the popular homesteading blog, homestead honey. And uh, she's the author of a book, uh, family homesteading, her homesteading adventures. They kind of range over 20 years in three States from Oregon, where she learned how to grow food and raise livestock to Missouri, where her family built an off grid homestead from scratch. And now she lives in Vermont where her and her husband and her children are uh, homesteading there. And, um, you know, here's the thing. Terry's actually been on the podcast before, but I didn't interview her. I was doing like a, uh, like a month of Q and a questions where I was taking questions from the, uh, the audience and I was inviting other bloggers to send in audio recordings, answering questions from the audience. And she, she kicked that off. She, uh, she answered a, a question about off grid homesteading right off the bat. A matter of fact, I'll put a link to that in the show notes. So if you want to go back and listen to that, cause it was way back in the early days, I'm thinking like episode around 30 or something like that. It was way back then. Um, but I'll, uh, I'll put a link to it in the show notes and, uh, but we didn't really get a chance to, to get to know her. I didn't talk to her. She just sent in the, uh, the audio for that. So today she's coming on the podcast and we're, we're going to have a discussion about her journey into, to homesteading and you know all, all about her book and and just homesteading with with children in general so um so let's just jump right into that interview with uh, with terry i think you'll enjoy it well terry welcome to the modern homesteading podcast thanks so much for having me well it's a pleasure uh now you're coming on today to talk about homesteading with kids and your new book uh, family homesteading but now this isn't your first appearance technically on the modern homesteading podcast you were on here Oh, that's probably over two and a half years ago, back a while back, and you didn't actually come on the podcast. You sent in a recording of uh, some Q and A that I had for, from the audience, and uh, it was really, really yep. good. Uh, and and but we didn't really get the chance to know you then and know your story, uh, just because you were just answering mm-hmm. a question. So if you could take a few minutes and just kind of tell us how you got where you're at, how you ended up writing a book on family homesteading and, and all that. Okay. Do you want the short answer or the long answer? You can take as long as you want. That's the beauty of a podcast. <laughs> okay. okay. Um, so we started homesteading, my husband and I, um, back in 1999. So we're coming up to our 20th year of homesteading, which seems kind of crazy. Um, we had both grown up in the suburbs, you know, he in the suburbs of Phoenix, and I grew up in the suburbs of Boston. And he had a little bit more experience with homesteading-like activities, but I really had none. Um, I studied biology in college and, and got into sort of outdoor education, backpacking. So, so it's kind of leaning in the direction of being more outdoors and um, being connected in nature in different ways. And 
in the summer of 1999, we ended up at this sustainable education um, living center in uh, Oregon, in the Willamette Valley. And uh, my husband was working there and I came up to do a work trade and I ended up doing the work trade in the garden. So I spent like four months learning how to do organic gardening and, you know, living amongst um, animals like chickens and roosters and goats and this beautiful forest and learning how to preserve food. And it was just like a deep, deep dive into homesteading. Mm. Um, and we just haven't really stopped since. So we spent our first uh, 13 or so years living in Oregon together. And we we rented our house there, but we did as much as you possibly could on a rental. You know, we really raised all sorts of animals and grew a ton of food. Um, we had both of our children there while we were living in Oregon. And then in 2012, we um, had an opportunity to buy a piece of land next door to some friends in Northeast Missouri. And so we moved there in the fall of 2012. We built an off-the-grid homestead from scratch mm -hmm. and, you know, did all the work ourselves, um, started with nothing, camping on the land. And, you know, by the time we had left, we had quite a bit of infrastructure and had also, you know, grown a ton of food, orchards, cows, pigs. Um, you know, we were, we were deeply into it. And then we ended up moving again this past fall. So just um, in late August, we relocated to Vermont and that's where we are right now. So we're living in the Montpelier area. We have a beautiful rental and a home that's on 60 acres. So we're still mm. definitely um, homesteading. It looks a little different, but we have a great landlord. So she's really encouraging us to do, you know, whatever it is that we would like to do here on the land. On the um, grid this time, yeah. I, I assume, yeah. We're on the grid, yeah, we're on the grid right now. Yeah, and as far as, you know, how I came to writing a book, so I just had the seven-year anniversary of my blog, which is Homestead Honey, mm -hmm. and I've, I write about homesteading and gardening and, you know, all the, all the things that we love to do as homesteaders, off-the-grid living, and my experience having been an educator all my life and having homeschooled my kids and been a homesteader, it just just very naturally led towards often writing about my experience homesteading with kids. And so I had the opportunity to write a book and it was just published in October. Like you said, it's called Family Homesteading and it was really gratifying to get that out there. I've written a bunch of eBooks before and those are wonderful, but you don't hold them in your hand. Right. So it was really nice to, you know, actually write this this print book that's on people's shelves and, and on my shelf. And it's a mm -hmm. great resource for um, homesteading with the whole family. Now, when you yeah. first started homesteading um, out in uh, Missouri, did you already have children or does that just come later? You start just you and your husband or? Yeah. So our children were born in Oregon when okay. we lived there. And so we when we moved to Missouri, they were one and four years old. But you were homesteading so, in Oregon too, so yeah. Right, right, exactly. So they were just born into homesteading. Yeah. I mean, you know, when we we had milk goats and chickens and pigs and you know, I, I have pictures of me nine months pregnant out with with the out in front of the pigs that, you know, I 
went into labor after doing a ton of clearing in the garden and, you know, squatting and standing and all that good physical work that's good for inducing a natural labor. (laughs) So, so yeah, so we had the kids and, um, you know, so maybe our experience is really different because I know a lot of people have children and then there is something about having children that I think the homesteading lifestyle feels like such a great fit to Mm -hmm. share with kids. Um, but we, we had just kind of always done it. And so our kids just were born into it and kind of just grew up being around it. Well, what was that experience like for you? Like, you know, before you had kids, you're homesteading after you had kids, you're, you were homesteading. I mean, it was a big difference for you. Mm -hmm. Yeah, we, I, I would say with Ella, the first, um, our first child, we still thought that we could do everything that we had done before we had her. And we learned pretty quickly that, you know, that was, that was a lot to expect of ourselves. So, um, so by the time Everett was born, like, you know, we were a little bit smarter about how to use our time. We had to outsource a few things. Like we weren't growing all of our own meat anymore. We were maybe buying it from some local farms and, Mm -hmm. and just accepting that it's okay. It's okay to know your limits. It's okay to prioritize your children because they're only young once and, you know, you want to have that time to dedicate to them. So um, in terms of like skills or, or how to do things that didn't change, but definitely prioritizing and and learning how to like shift our time around to meet the needs of the small people and also the animals in our care that that was probably the biggest challenge. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you know, and, and, you know, I just had John Moody on, on the podcast and he, he wrote a book too. And he talks a lot about his kids and, and uh, homesteading in that book. And, and, uh, mm. you know, something we were talking about was, you know, they, his kids take a huge part in their homestead as well. But he also, we also discussed how, you know, you can give them all the, uh, really bad jobs and, and actually make them kind of despise <laughs> homesteading, you know, like you go out and pull all right. the weeds and we'll do this. You clean out the chicken coop and we'll do the fun stuff. And, you know, and that happens sometimes with, with homesteaders, you know, that they end up, uh, passing those jobs down they don't really want to do to the little kids and it does end mm. up and i think a lot of times it, the kids end up kind of resenting that lifestyle a little bit i mean what, what's your experience when what do your kids take part in i mean they, they're doing the fun stuff too right i'm sure <laughs> yeah in fact i would say they're only doing the fun stuff really <laughs> yeah <laughs> and yeah. you know that part of that is like my husband and my personality like we're just the, we're just the kind of people that's like really hard for us to pass work off to other people. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, but you know, like my job as a mom has never been to like raise little baby homesteaders. I mean, right. I think it would be great if my kids wanted to be homesteaders, but I also know that, you know, they have different interests. And mm-hmm. so there's certain levels of expectations, like there's work that we all have to do and they take part in it. Um, whether that be, you know, outdoors with animals or inside or, you know, it's all homesteading to me. Um, mm-hmm. But, but also knowing that like there's times that they're going to grumble and maybe they need a different activity at that time. I, I don't know. I mean, I think the more fun it can be in the more connecting the 
activities can be, then the more likely you are to have kids that want to continue doing those things with you or, or by themselves. They're going to want to learn those skills and, and continue those skills through, through their life, even if they're not full-blown homesteaders. Yeah. I mean, they, they, they have the basics, and, and you know, it might result in yeah. them you know, living a healthier lifestyle and, 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 mm-hmm. and such. You know? So, yeah, I think it's great that you pass those things on and, and don't overburden. You know, I have grandkids, and uh, they're, they're real uh-huh. fun right now. So, you know, we're kind of introducing them to things slowly, you know, and have a little fun. And, you know, right now we're out in the greenhouse messing around doing things. And, you know, in summertime, it's great. You can get them out in the garden. They, they mostly just like to eat all the berries, but, you know, <laughs> <it's hard> to <laughs> right. introduce them to actually doing a little bit of the work as well. But, you know, they're still pretty yeah. young, but they really like it. And, you know, I want to be careful about that. I want to, I want to do right by them and get, you know, and help them to love it. Um, not be a burden on them, but yet also understand that it is work and things you have to do and, 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 and such. So, mm-hmm. you know, you, you wrote yeah. this book, Family Homesteading, and, uh, I'm mm-hmm. actually you talk about some things like that. I mean, what, what does it offer families interested in homesteading? Well, I hope it really can act as sort of a great starting point for all the different areas of homesteading. I, you know, I tried to make it be the type of book that you could flip open in any season and find some kind of recipe or how-to or project that everybody could get excited about and that the projects themselves were not just, you know, a craft for the sake of crafting, but like actually things that can um, be used and, you know, things that you would do on a normal homestead. So I have chapters on um, gardening, fermentation, foraging, herbal, wellness, crafts, um, caring for animals, preparedness. You know, there's, there's a number of different chapters. And then within all of that, there's projects like making butter in a mason jar and uh, making syrup in your backyard, learning how to ferment, um, learning how to start seeds, growing magical garden spaces. So, you know, the projects are all very oriented towards kids, but Honestly, I've had people write to me and tell me, oh, I don't have kids, but I just love your book. <laughs> so, yeah, you, yeah, I can see that. Right, right. Like it's deep enough that an adult could pick this up and learn a lot of basic homesteading skills. Mm-hmm. So that was that was kind of my um, intention in creating it. And, of course, it's filled with lots of photos and well, lots of photos of my kids in particular. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure it's written entirely from experience. You're doing these things with your kids and, and you know. Exactly. Probably got a lot of their feedback exactly. on what was fun and what wasn't. <laughs> yeah, totally, totally. And that's that's exactly it. It's like because we actually do it, you know, not just mm-hmm. writing about things that I don't know about. Like we're, we're all doing this together Um the kids give me feedback all the time, all the time, <laughs> even if it's feedback that I don't want to hear. Like, <laughs> right. Mom, that's, well, that's horrible. Um, yeah, kids so will I, be brutally I, honest I, if necessary. Yes. <laughs> yes, they're brutally honest. So, you know, I like to think that they're the kinds of the book is full of the kinds of things that kids will really enjoy because I've mm-hmm. seen my kids really enjoy them and other kids really enjoy them. So. That's great. That's, yeah, that's I think that's hope. really important. Yeah, yeah I, you know, I, I, you know, like I said, as a grandfather, I, I want to see, uh, you know, like my grandkids and, and other kids, you know, take hold of this homesteading thing. I just feel like there's so many skills that's been lost. There's so much, just so much that isn't the same, you know, that, that was valuable, you know, 50 or a hundred years ago that we've really lost that could still be used today. And, and folks mm-hmm. just, 
it just went by the wayside, you know, and there's, there's things even in just a couple generations from my grandparents to me that have been lost. And I think it's really valuable to, uh, to, you know, kind of instill in our, our children, our grandchildren, um, you know, a desire, uh, a love for the, for these things and, uh, you know, give them a, give them a starting point. And I think a book like yours mm-hmm. could really be useful for that. Yeah, thank you. And, you know, one thing too about homesteading and, you know, maybe my book can help facilitate this is I think, that there's just a certain mindset that's created through homesteading where you, you start to really look at like, Oh, you know, what is it that I could use to make this work? Or what is it that I could make myself at home to solve this problem? So it's really, um, which I think is really important for kids, right? I mean, creative problem solving, thinking, thinking through alternatives, not just relying on going to the mall or, you know, buying something when you need it, but really knowing that you have, the resources inside of you to figure out the problem and solve it. Sure. Yeah. It's all really yeah, it's important lesson. Yeah. Yeah. Really developing a, a, an attitude of self-sufficiency. And, and I say attitude, and I mean right. it that way. Not, it's not just a skill. It's an attitude. I mean, you, you have to yes. have some faith that you can do it, you know, and, and yeah, you're right. I think early, uh, practices and, and, and things like the things you're talking about can definitely, uh, mm-hmm. you know, help a kid to, uh, to believe that. Yes. Definitely. Yeah. What would you say to some parents who, man, they just mm-hmm. love, they love the idea of homesteading. They think, well, I just love to be a homesteader, but you know, I have kids. I mean, is it even possible? How can I fit this into my life? What would you say to those? those yeah. Parents? Oh no, I totally understand because our life is, is just as, you know, just as busy as yours. I, I totally get that. I mean, you know, especially having moved here, um, our kids are in school now, which is, you know, wonderful. And, and it's, it's such a great experience for them. But all of a sudden, we're on this totally different schedule where, you know, our days are very scripted. Whereas when we were homeschooling, it was a lot more free form, and we were all at home together. Um, so I get it. It's like you have these narrow windows of time, and you just have to like squeeze mm-hmm. things into those windows. So, you know, then you just kind of think about like, what are the little baby steps that you can take? And what are the things that you can do as a family that are fun? And they, you know, enrich the time that you have together, they're not adding stress, but they're actually improving your time together. And, you know, I always like to talk about um, expanding upon things that you're doing anyways, like if you're a family that likes to walk or hike in the woods, then like maybe foraging or identifying plants that are edible or medicinal is a great Mm -hmm. thing to do as a family. You know, of course you have to know, you have to be very intelligent about that. So you're not eating things that are poisonous and and also, so you're not harvesting where you're not supposed to. But, um, but that's been something that we've really enjoyed as a family is like hiking. And just as we're hiking, we're keeping aware of our environment. So then our kids know like, Oh, these are some plants that I could eat. These are some plants that can help me get well. And so you kind of like fit homesteading in without really even knowing it yeah, necessarily. Right. Um, fermentation is one of my favorite things to do because it's just something that is relatively easy, doesn't require a lot of materials, and you end up with a product that's just so tasty. And, you know, and I'm kind mm-hmm. of thinking about like sauerkraut and kimchi, like those kinds of counter ferments yeah. that you just – you know, you cut up some veggies, you put it in a jar, sprinkle some salt, and then, you know, a week later, you have this delicious condiment that you just made. That's something yeah. 
I'm Thank picturing you. some kids having a lot of fun getting their hands in that, and really stirring it up, and crunching all that yeah. fun, and working it around. Yeah, they love that. Totally. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. It is. It's really fun. Um, so just really thinking about just what's, you know, what are these little tiny baby steps? You know, it doesn't have to be the big homestead, you know, homesteading mm-hmm. with a capital H. It doesn't have to be like that. It can, it can just be little tiny steps that you all take together. And then, you know, in a year's time, you look back and you're like, oh, gosh, we forged together. We did a bunch of fermentation. Wow, we, like, grew some plants on our balcony. And, mm-hmm. wow, I guess we've been homesteading all year. <laughs> so you right. really have gained a lot of skills in in just doing those small little baby steps over time. Yeah, and you know what what you're saying? You, you said earlier that folks you know write you and tell you, you know, this is written for kids, but, you know, I'm doing these things. I, that absolutely applies to adults, too. Mm-hmm. I, see, I see adults doing the same thing. You take a few baby steps, and the next thing you know, you're calling yourself a homesteader, and you didn't even really know. Yeah, yeah that's how it happens, that. right? Yeah, I mean, yeah. even though we had gone and, you know, we had started living at this sustainability um, education center, I mean, once we actually left there and started doing it on our own, we started with a garden. That's it you know, first step, mm-hmm. the garden. And, and it wasn't until like a year later that we added chickens. And then a year after that, that we decided maybe meat chickens. And then after that, it was, you know, maybe goats. And so it, it's, it really is just like one little step at a time. Yeah, and, yeah. you know, for, for me, it's very easy to like, think back and in retrospect, be like, oh, yeah, you know, we, we raised chickens and goats and pigs and this, but that was over, that was over 13 years. And yeah. Yeah, it takes a there, long time to get to that. There's a lot of wisdom in doing it like that too, because it's it could be easily overwhelming to take on too much at, yeah. at any one point, and and actually make you hate doing it after if you just take on too much, you know. Oh, absolutely, absolutely, and you know we're in a very big contraction right now. You know our our homestead in Missouri was it was a big big push and. You know, we built a house and a tool shed and a barn and a root cellar and brick bread oven and gardens and orchards. And we were living with no running water and solar electricity. Yeah. And, you know, we had a cow and it was it was a huge, huge expenditure of energy when our kids were really young. Um, and so we're just kind of like... <sighs> We're sort of yeah, breathing right now. I've seen pictures and, of that homestead before, and it was kind of a small place, and you know, all the yeah. solar panels you had and everything. And so, let's talk about yep. that for a minute. Let's kind of get away from the this main topic here. Let's kind of go off to the side. What? Why'd you move? Why'd you get on over to Vermont? Yeah. Well, you know, it's it's always it's always complicated, right? I mean, we loved our homestead in Missouri. We loved our neighbors, and. Um, I mean, without going into too many details, or it just we just realized that it wasn't going to be a great fit for our family mm-hmm. yeah. um, moving forward. And it was a great place to raise our kids when they were young. Um, it's just we kind of got to the point in our homeschooling where we didn't have the support that we really needed. And yeah, we were yeah. my husband and I both have businesses that we were juggling. And um, so we, we knew that something had to shift. And and we also knew that, you know, I had grown up on the East Coast and we had lived on the West Coast and we were kind of ready to move um, geographically and, and, you know, just live in a different place. So yeah. it took us about two years of like really, really diving into, you know, what is it that we're looking for? What is it that uh, is most important to us? And 
at this moment in time, it's our kids' education and, you know, helping support them so that they can, um, so that they could get the education that they needed. And then also for us, you know, continuing to live in a place that really is very homestead friendly and live our values. Sure. It yeah. doesn't sound like you took a step backwards at all. I mean, you, you still have a very large homestead. You got a lot going on there. I mean, you're on the grid now. And to me, that's mm-hmm. not a step back. I mean, I don't want to live off the grid, to be honest with you. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, and it's it's really great because it's actually like forcing us to reflect upon everything. And, you know, like being off the grid in Missouri, it made sense for a number of reasons. And practically, it made a lot of sense. But you know, buying those batteries every 10 years when they die mm. and investing those thousands of dollars, like, that's not very sustainable. So, you know, here it's like, okay, well, what do we want? Do we want to be off the grid still? Do we want to be grid tied? Do we want to have solar? Do we want to have wood heat? You know, you're just, you just get to kind of start afresh and, and really examine what it is that you're looking for. And, and I'm not, you know, I'm not old. I'm in my mid forties now. My husband is 50, but like, now we're actually thinking about, okay, what do we want our life to be like in 10 years and what systems do we need to create to support us so that yeah. we don't get to 60 and 50 and be like, oh gosh, you know, I can't haul this wood anymore or I can't <laughs> dig this garden. And, <laughs> yeah, right. I can't carry water. I'll tell you that much. I do not <laughs> want to have to carry water again. Um, but yeah, it's it's been, it's been good, you know, taking a huge, well, and we've moved twice in, in six years. So we've done that big uprooting twice. It's not mm-hmm. easy. Um, oh, yeah. You know, it's not a decision we've taken lightly. It certainly has set us back financially because moving is really expensive. Um, but yeah, you know, we're, we're giving it a, we're giving it a year to really feel it out, see how we really like it. But so far we really like Vermont a lot and there's, certainly a very large homesteading culture here which feels really exciting that's awesome well it, to me it kind of goes right along with your book in the sense that you know it's a it's a movie made for your family uh for the for the uh yeah what was best for your family and you know it's a family homesteading i mean when you're taking into account that you, you have a family you, you make all kinds of decisions that you may not make otherwise yes that's so true and that's that's exactly what what we were looking at is like you know, what are the needs of all the people here? Whereas mm-hmm. when we moved from Oregon to Missouri and we had a one-year-old and a four-year-old, like, you know, honestly, that decision wasn't made in conjunction with our kids. Like right. we were making it for them without really knowing what it was like sure. to have kids that are 11 and eight and, you know, they have yeah. different needs at, at those ages. So yeah. And different um, desires. Yeah. <laughs> yep. Yep. Sure. yep. And all they're opinionated that, about them that. usually. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, that's yeah. I think it's great. I, mean, I think a lot of folks are get a lot of uh, uh, good tips from your book, and uh, I think it could help some folks get started and make decisions based on having a family and and, and decisions to help them get their you know kids really focused on the homesteading lifestyle. Maybe find some love in it and uh, develop some mm-hmm. skills. I think it's great. And um, well, let's just take a couple minutes here and uh, let folks know where they can get your book and more about you. Sure. Yeah. So um, you can buy my book on any of the major online book real, you know, realtors, Barnes and Nobles, IndieBound, uh, Amazon, of course. Um, I have a website set up for the book, which is 
familyhomesteadingbook.com. Pretty easy to remember. Yeah. And um, But the rest of my online hub is over at Homestead Honey. So that's homestead-honey.com. Um, of course, there's links to the book there as well. So if you just remember Homestead Honey, that's, that's the place to find me. And yeah, I have my blog, which is, of course, full of seven years worth of content. And there's a lot there. You can spend a lot of time diving into the free content on my blog. A lot of great Um, stuff at your blog. I agree. (laughs) Thank you. Um, I also have, you know, four, I think four eBooks for sale now um, about various topics related to homesteading. There's uh, creating your off-grid homestead. There's building a homestead root cellar. So that's like a how-to step-by-step on how to build a root cellar. Mm -hmm. Um, There's backyard bread and pizza oven. So that's how to build your own backyard outdoor pizza oven, which is awesome. And then I just wrote one this past fall, which was um, Homestead Honey's Guide to Fall Gardening. So for folks that are interested in expanding their gardening season and maybe doing a little bit more towards the year-round gardening in a cold climate, that one's one's for them. So I have those. And, um, And then I also... You know, I work one-on-one with people and I do coaching, which uh, some of it is related to homesteading. You know, people really are just like, oh, I want to homestead, but I don't know how to get started. But a lot of what I do um, is I work with people who are moving through big life transitions and mm-hmm. um, and are interested in some aspect of simple living or kind of a homesteading lifestyle. So, so that's also available. I have a coaching section on my website too for anyone that might be interested in that that's great it sounds like that's kind of how you got started in a sense wasn't it you went to a you said you went to a class or went to a, a sustainable what'd you call it in, in oregon yeah sustainable living education center i guess you could yeah. call it yeah yeah, yeah so and, it, it made and, a huge difference in your life as far as getting coached in that way to, to get started down that path didn't it totally totally and and you know i I don't do any in-person things right now, but that's something mm-hmm. I really am thinking about for the future because there's so much benefit to just being able to like sure. show up and have someone teach you the hands-on skills. Yeah. yeah. So yeah, it's definitely well, something that, that. <laughs> yeah. Right. <laughs> got a lot going on. <laughs> well, you, you definitely have a lot, a lot of books there you've written. I mean, you got a lot of spare time. I mean, just with kids and stuff. So, you know, you probably have anything right. to do. Just write a few books. <laughs> <laughs> I know. Uh, Hello. Well, that's been that's great. I'll definitely get the links to all this on the uh, in the show notes. And um, okay, I'm, I haven't got your book yet. I'm I'm looking forward to picking it up. I'm real excited about it now. It just sounds like it's some great advice in there for for me and my grandkids to kind of get them started oh. on a few things. So I'm definitely going to check it out. And uh, I appreciate great. you coming on and telling us all about it and sharing with us a little bit about your journey. Oh, thank you so much for having me. It's it's really fun for me to be here. So thank you. You're welcome. And it's good talking to you. We'll we'll talk to you again soon. Hopefully. Okay, great. Well, I know you enjoyed that that interview. I know I sure did. It was a, it's just a, a a joy talking to Terry. She's a she's a great person, great homesteader, and a great author. Uh, I've been reading her blog for years, and uh, so I know whatever she's writing is good stuff. Even though I haven't picked up her book yet, uh, I plan on it. 
and uh, I think you probably should too. I think it's just you, you can go to her blog and you can check out her writing style and check out some of the great information she has there. And I'm sure you'll want to pick up her book, maybe even her eBooks that she has on there. Uh, just really, really good stuff. And and I'll just say, like I said earlier, um, homesteading with children is important. If we're going to carry on this legacy of homesteading, if we're going to pass on the um, the skills. Uh, of homesteading between our grand, our grandparents and our children, we're that link. And um, if we're going to teach our children, you know, how to homestead and pass those things on, you need to do it in a way that's going to be fun. It's going to be interesting to them. You know, you're going to have to, you know, make them want to do it. Uh, if, if homesteading is this, you know, miserable activity that, uh, you know, of pulling weeds in the garden and cleaning out uh, chicken coops, like I said earlier. Uh, it they're just not going to have a lot of fun. It's going to be something they're not going to want to do when they grow up. And they're really probably not going to want to pass those things on. But if you, if you make it part of a lifestyle that they enjoy and you can, you can just add it into, uh, into their lives. Um, you know, they're going to, they're going to want to carry those traditions on. So, uh, pick up that book if you want, check it out. Definitely check out Terry's blog, if nothing else. And, uh, I know you'll, uh, I know you'll enjoy it. I'll have uh, links to all of Terry's stuff, her website, and her book in the show notes. And remember, you know, this podcast is made possible mostly by those who join our Homestead Forum membership community. Um, you can learn more about the benefits of membership by uh, just going to smalltownhomestead.com. You can click on Become a Member in the menu uh, tab there, and you'll read all about what are the benefits of membership. And, you know, it's a great little group. Mostly what you're doing is supporting this podcast when you join that membership, but you get extra podcasts. I think there's uh, there's 20-something podcasts, extra podcast episodes in there right now. There's some videos. There's, of course, a forum where you can chat with me and other homesteaders. There's discount in there for other homesteading products just a lot going on in there you know and and more being added every week every month it just gets better and better every month we're adding more and more stuff in there so uh, come be a part of the homestead forum membership community it's a lot of fun the uh, show notes for this episode can be found at uh, smalltownhomestead.com slash 114 for episode 114 and uh, you know what? Join the uh, Homestead Front Porch Facebook group. I haven't plugged that in a while, but if you just uh, search in Facebook for Homestead Front Porch, um, that's our uh, Facebook page for this podcast. We've got over 21,000 members in there. It's just a hopping group, and you know it, we just love to have you in there. It is a closed group, but all you have to do to join is ask, and we'd love to have you in there because there's just a lot of great information being shared in there all the time. So go check that out. Thanks for joining me today, folks. It's been a lot of fun. Had a lot of fun talking to Terry. Check out her stuff. And until next week, happy homesteading and God bless. Thanks for listening. To see the show notes for this podcast or listen to other podcast episodes, go to smalltownhomestead.com. There you can also read our blog, connect with us on Facebook, Twitter, and Google+, and take advantage of the many resources we make available to help you along in your homesteading journey. Please share this podcast and help us to carry out our mission of helping others to homestead today for a better tomorrow.